Curtin Cade Mornings, not just on the radio. It's a podcast, too. You ever wonder, I mean, really take a deep dive on the issue of digital apps and how they're changing the way we read the Bible. Yeah, well, if you haven't, John Dyer has. He wrote an article, How Digital Apps Are Changing, How We Read the Bible, and he knows a lot about this. He does. In fact, he's even written a book, People of the Screen, How Evangelicals Created the Digital Bible and How It Shapes the Reading of Scripture. I think you're going to find this conversation very enlightening. Let's talk about digital apps. When did they first come on the scene? What year was it? Well, believe it or not, it's in the early 80s when you start to see, you know, early Bible software for those first big desktop computers with the beige screens and stuff like that. So the first ones are then, but in the early 2000s, you start to see them on mobile devices, and that's when you start to see a big shift. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, we think about Uversion and uh, yeah. Bible Hub and some of these other ones. Uh, it was kind yeah. of a humble beginning for these, actually, and then it just boom, exploded. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Uversion guys were just, they had built a website that was supposed to be separate. And then when Apple came out with the iPhone in 2007 and then in 2008 allowed apps on there, they were ready. And they just came out came out of the gate ready with a great app. And it's been exciting to see how many people use that. You open your article with a big word. Now, Kate, <laughs> I'm going to try to pronounce this. Perpiscuity. Did I get it right? Oh, don't Almost. ask me. Oh, what, how do you say it? <laughs> oh, how do you how say do it? You oh, say it? that's the funny. Yeah, perspicuity. So perspicuity. It's a, oh, yeah. I was so close yet so far away. Perspicuity. Oh, I know it. I know it. It's one of those $5 words. Yeah. Perspicuity. So what does it mean? So it means the opposite of what it sounds like, right? It sounds like a hard word, but it just means that the Bible is basically, most of it's easy to understand. So it doesn't mean everything's easy to understand. There's certainly hard parts, but it doesn't mean that the basic message of the gospel is something that an average reader can get without needing sort of an authority figure or something like that. The Holy Spirit can work through the text. I like how you put clear is kind. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it means. And it is. That's good. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And so I, you know, part of what I wanted to do was figure out, does, does this still happen when people read on their phones or on their iPads or that kind of thing. The difference between a physical copy of the Bible and reading it off your phone or on a tablet or on a Kindle or something like that, uh, there have been studies done. I'm, you're probably mm-hmm. well aware of these uh, studies, but the ones that I've seen, John, seem to indicate that you tend to remember what you're reading better if you're reading a physical copy of the Bible. That's at least the one I saw. Yeah, you know, people have been doing studies on this like since the 80s, right? Since there was big, you know, big giant monitors on your desktop. And, you know, early on, it really was a drastic difference. So if you read on a big screen, it was just way lower. And as the screens have gotten better and better, and they look more and more like a real page, and the text is crisper and all that sort of stuff, people's memory tends to be closer between a screen and and a page. But there are certain kinds of things they remember better on, on a page. So for example, the ordering the events in a story, people are better with pages just because of that page flipping you kind of remember what's before and after and right. you tend yes. to remember where things yes. are on a page yes. you exactly. want to go back to yes. it you yes. know, stuff like that yes. yeah okay so i you know confession's good for the soul when i go to church though uh starting i know i was a late adapter because i love my physical bible and carrying it to church but a couple of years ago i started using my bible app and so that's what i've been using so i've been converted when it comes to that let's face it it's convenient 
Yeah. You know, I, I did a study and I found that the people's favorite Bible version was the NAB, which is the nearest available Bible. And oh. most of the time, yeah. I'm going to steal it. John, no, I'm, okay. I am totally stealing that from <laughs> you. That is so Wait cool. Wait a minute. Yeah. Do it. Nearest <laughs> yeah, available yeah. Bible, Kate. Yes. Yeah. 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 The convenient one that you have, which is always, you know, your phone in your pocket. So you right. tend, to, tend to gravitate toward that. Yeah. But the problem is, uh, okay, devil's advocates alert here. When you've yeah. got your Bible on your phone and you're a church, there's that temptation to even yeah. scroll and be distracted. Let's talk about being distracted when it comes to reading on an app or something. Yeah, I mean, I think when I, when, I, when I interview people, that's obviously one of the first things that they mention. And you know, when when you're looking around at church and you see the screens, other people's screens can distract you, and notifications can distract you, and all kinds of things like that can distract you. But even if there weren't anything buzzing or beeping or something like that, just the change in, in media does change sort of what we see and we don't see in the text, and that can affect our experience of, of God's word. You quote the American Bible Society, let's see, in your article, the 2023 report confirms the trend, let's see, you're talking about 69% of Bible readers using print in a given month, and 50% using a digital Bible app. Yeah. I think yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, and I think when I, when I look at people and I ask them more, not just about what they use, but what do they use it for? So were they using it for you know devotional reading, or were they trying to search and look up that verse they couldn't quite remember, or were they doing a deep study for something, or were they trying to you know meditate or memorize? It seems like people have a good sense that you know using print or using sometimes their computer to do study or using their phone for a quick lookup, they know that different ones are good for different things. But again, they, they tend to gravitate toward that one that they have in a, in a given moment, whether it's a you know a small group Bible study or Sunday morning church or you know in line at Home Depot. You just use the thing that you have, even though you know one might be better for something than another. Thank you for taking some time to listen to this episode of the Curtain Cape Mornings podcast. We always welcome a review with your thoughts and comments, and please feel free to subscribe and follow us as well. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Welcome to the conversation. How are you? I'm okay. Thanks so much for taking my call. I've had a concern since our minister had retired. I started shopping around for a new church. And going to them, I'm seeing that they're using so much music, not giving us much of a sermon, and it's extremely loud, and that's how they're bringing people in. But I also noticed that they're putting the verses that the ministers are reading or priests are reading on the walls and aren't encouraging us to read along with them, or they're letting them use their phones, even though there's a Bible in the pew. Now, to me, it makes more sense, because if, in fact, our phones go down, the towers go down, where is your comfort? Where is your solace? So to me, I say, why aren't we using the Bibles in the pew and directing people like we used to for hymn numbers, put them on the wall and say, everybody turn to page so-and-so. We're in Psalms, this and that and read together, because people don't even know, especially the youngsters that we're trying to bring in, or the new people that we're trying to disciple to, they don't even know to use a concordance. You know, mm-hmm. you know what? That's a really, right. really good point. Elizabeth, thank you for uh, for bringing that up. John, why don't you address this? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate your concern. I just love that you care about each generation and, and them coming to faith and knowing the scriptures. And the thing I might just give a, a little bit of wider context for is that we've only really had individual printed Bibles for the last couple hundred years. So, you know, when Moses first starts writing, you know, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, um, there was just maybe one copy for each church. And so at that time, the only way to hear the Bible or to have any access to it was to hear it and to memorize it. So when print comes along, there's this new idea that individuals should own a Bible and should do their own study. And new things like verse numbers come along. Those were invented by printers. So that that really changes everything with that technology. But it's something that we've gotten used to. And so we don't really question print. But that radically changed the church and changed the way that individuals and communities interacted with Scripture. And so now with digital apps, we're in a a new uh, big shift today. And we're trying to figure out what it means. And it sort of means different things to different people. They interpret it a little bit differently. But it is really important for us to understand what digital means for our communities and our individual faith. And so I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah, this is real stuff. You know, something else that I think about is, and this shouldn't, this shouldn't bug me, but it does. <laughs> that's, my, that's my preface to what I'm going to say. Um, when pastors are preaching, and they're preaching off of tablets— or, you know, maybe an iPad, whatever the case is, and there is no Bible at all, mm. either in the pulpits or on the table that they're preaching from, where, mm. wherever, you, you see no Bible at all. And mm. I know, I mean, because, okay, uh, it's the pot calling the kettle black, because mm. here in the studio, I use Bible Gateway. I don't <laughs> sure. have my printed yeah. Bible here. Sure. And so I'm doing the same thing. Why does it bug me so much when I see mm. that in the pulpit? Yeah. Well, I think this gets back to something that, you know, our parents taught us when we were kids. They would say, you know, 90% of communication is, you know, tone of voice, right? That you can have the same words, but they mean something different when they're surrounded by something else, you know, the tone of voice or hand motions. Same thing is true, like if you send a text or an email versus if you handwrite a letter. Even the exact same words, people interpret really differently when when they see the physical page, right? And so the Word of God, it hasn't changed. You know, um, God's Word doesn't change, and it hasn't changed. But, you know, we associate so much with the thing that's wrapped around it. So the, you know, the scroll back in Jesus' day when he unrolled that and when he spoke in in the temple, that was a big deal. Um, You know, our printed Bibles mean something to us. They sort of communicate a sense of of security and firmness and something different than the rest of the world. But our phones don't do that same thing. You know, there's so much more that we associate with our phones that isn't just the Bible there. And I think we... um, we see that in our, you know, in our pastors and preachers, and then we see that in our fellow congregants, and then we see it in ourselves as well. Hmm, that's true. I still like to see a physical copy of the Bible up there. That's just <laughs> yeah. that's just me. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about your study. You interviewed okay. almost two hundred Bible readers. You gave them yeah. an interpretive exercise to see how print and uh, phone screen reading might differ. So you actually went to several churches for this. Yeah, yeah. I went to several churches. Kind of, I'm in the Dallas area, so around that area, and you know, Sunday school type settings. And so I would have groups of people just say, "Hey, how about half of you guys read with whatever printed Bible you have, and half read with whatever digital uh, device that you have?" And so I had them read Jude, just because it's something that's unfamiliar and people don't read it a ton, but it's still part of the Bible, and it would be easy to ask some questions about. So I would divide them up, and then I would have them um, just re- ask some questions about just some comprehension things to see what they were 
remembered. And I'd also have them do some interpretive exercises to see, you know, how it made them feel and what did they think it was about. And, you know, on the, on the comprehension side, um, you saw something really similar to what you see in, you know, sort of secular studies of reading where there wasn't a huge difference between um, print and screen, but there were some subtle differences between generations. And then probably the, the one that was most funny to me was that women tended to read basically the same in both to both uh, media but men tended to score less when they read on their phones. And so they, they seem to be more prone to this sort of distraction and, and not quite reading um, or not quite mm. getting what they read. And yet I also had them do a long-term Bible reading plan where they would read over 10 days. So I had them read the gospel of John over 10 days. Some the print people read in print and the phone people read on phones. And there it was interesting because it seemed like the men were able to read more days on their phone than men on, on print and more than women. So it seemed like men were more likely to use their phones. They read more, but then they unfortunately comprehended less. Wow. You write this, Hmm. over and over again, my interviewees would speak of a printed Bible as something they could trust. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think this gets to the more interpretive part. So, you know, basic comprehension is important, but I think really understanding what God's Word is saying is so key. So I asked them two questions. Jude, you know, what what is it about? What is the main thrust of the book? And then I also asked them, you know, how do they feel after reading it? And here's where you saw this really interesting difference. So the print readers felt like what the book was about was about God's wrath. So kind of a scary subject. But then the print readers said, hey, I think this is about God's faithfulness. And, you know, both those things are true. It's just kind of what emphasis they saw there. But what was opposite was this, is the print readers, when they they thought this was about God's wrath, but when I asked them how they felt, they said, man, I, I really feel encouraged by reading this. And then when I asked the screen readers who felt like it was about God's faithfulness, what they felt, they said they felt discouraged and confused. And isn't that interesting that they, they mm. saw one thing, but they felt another thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, and you know, the big idea here as well is the medium really does impact the message, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that we we see that again, like we talked about with emails and text messages versus handwritten letters. But I think with with when you're reading the scriptures, God's word hasn't changed at all. But I think all the associations with those different media affect what we see. So I think the reason why the print readers maybe saw, you know, wrath but felt encouraged is because, you know, we, we tend to associate that trustworthiness, maybe a little old school and a little stodgy, but we still tend to be able to trust our printed Bible and we trust the preacher who, like you said, is holding the printed Bible. Whereas with our phones, we associate all kinds of other things, you know, a lot of our anxieties and frustrations, all the things we have to do that day, all the sad things on the news, all the you know frustrating things we see, uh, you know, on, on social media, and even all the cool things somebody else is doing on social media. That's some of what we bring to our phones when we uh, open up the text. And so, you know, when we when we go on social media, we tend to only see kind of happy verses. We don't see a lot of things about the wrath of God, like you mm-hmm. talked about earlier in your show. That's just not something people share on Instagram. So I think we're more likely to see that God who is rightfully faithful, but maybe that's what we see. Whereas with print, we're maybe a little bit more likely to emphasize God's judgment, even though that can sometimes be encouraging for us in a difficult world. This is really good stuff. John, what's your favorite Bible app that you use daily? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go self promotion here. So <laughs> That's okay. So, That's good. so you know there's no there's uh, U version is fantastic, right? Yeah. Well, I made something called Y'all version, and <laughs> being what, from Texas, it's perfect. 
Exactly. So what y'all version does is shows that, you know, in Greek and Hebrew, there's a different word for, you know, you singular and you plural. And we have that, you know, in the South, we say y'all. So what I ended up doing was going through all the Bible and all the places where the Greek or Hebrew is actually plural. I put y'all there. And so you can see that. And sometimes it's really, really helpful to say, you know, not just you are the temple of God, but hey, y'all are the temple of God. And it, it shows a little bit of some things that we don't typically see. We can download that, that right so on cool. our phone. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, just right there at yallversion.com. Hey, John, thanks for being with us. We appreciate you, and you're always welcome to join us. Oh, man, thanks for having me. This is great. Y'all come back now. Thanks for listening to Curt and Kate Morning's podcast. Please take a minute to follow, subscribe, and review us. And no matter where in the world you are, you can listen to us live from 6 to 9 a.m. weekdays on the Moody Radio app.